This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you which of the many dozens of streaming shows that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and today I get to talk to you about a show that you've likely already heard of, but screw it. We're talking about The Mandalorian because I got a chance to sit down with Bo-Katan herself, Katie Sackhoff. Uh, the show just finished its third season on Disney Plus, in which Mando, Grogu, and Bo-Katan go on a bit of a journey to reclaim Mandalore, and Empire hijinks ensue, as they always do. Uh, Katie is basically nerd royalty at this point, between playing Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian, and she has Longmire, and in Another Life, and Riddick, and all, a bunch of projects that you likely recognize her from. She's super fun to talk to, super sweet. She was even willing to indulge my Halloween resurrection questions, uh, so obviously we go deeper than just the Mandalorian in our conversation, but there's a lot of Star Wars talk, so don't worry, Star Wars fans. We went there. We even discussed if she's in the upcoming Ahsoka, uh, you know, some other projects that are upcoming. But before we get to my chat with Katie Sackhoff, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, The Discourse, Templo Talk, Amayans Podcast, Deep Focus, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Follow, like, subscribe, and drop us a rating or a comment on any of those as we greatly appreciate it. Or just head on over to theplaylist.net for film and TV news, interviews, reviews, and more. As a reminder to our listeners, all episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3 are available to stream on Disney+, and the making of The Mandalorian Season 3 premieres on Disney+, Plus on June 28th. Okay, here's my chat with the wonderful, the delightful Katie Sackhoff. Okay, so wonderful to speak with you. Thanks for working around schedules and all that. I have three kids that have been really throwing a wrench in things lately. Oh my God, um, don't worry about it. We have a, I have a daughter as well, so I, I get how that happens. I know, I know. Uh, but either way, longtime fan, first time caller, obviously. Um, <laughs> let's start out just by talking about the, the first phone call for, for The Mandalorian. I assume it was from Dave Filoni because you know him where he asks you to to kind of jump on and reprise your role of Bo-Katan, but this time in live action. This is something that's kind of almost unheard of. I mean, here and there, you see people like reprise something in live action. I think Kevin Conroy did Batman at one point, but not a lot of characters have gotten to do it. So when you get that call, what's your reaction to this? You know, the the way that you explained it would have would have been 
the the most realistic uh, yeah. way that that could have happened, but that's actually not how it happened. Um, <laughs> I um I saw Dave at Celebration in 2018 in Chicago, and and at that point, I had just heard of the show The Mandalorian, and I made a joke that you know if you know Bo was still alive and that she could potentially exist in this world, and that was pretty much it. And it was just you know as far as I was concerned, it was just me sort of like ribbing a friend and like um you know <laughs> like giving him the gears and trying to just make a joke. And a few weeks to a month or so later, I don't even remember the timing to be honest. Um, I got a phone call. My manager called me and said that uh, John Favreau wanted to sit down with me. And so we set the meeting and I went in and it was just John. Dave wasn't even in the meeting. And we sat down and we were having a discussion and it took me a good like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to realize that my face was already on all the previs for Bo-Katan. <laughs> um, and that's when it sort of hit me. And then that I realized that he was asking if I wanted to do this. And I was like, and he was very polite about it. He's like, you know, if this is something you would potentially be interested in doing, I don't know what your schedule is like, like all of these things. And I started laughing and I was like, well, you know, Technically, I'm not available because um, I was on a oh. series at the same time. And I was like, was but, this another you know, life at that point? It, it was. We were yeah. filming another life. And I said, so technically, I'm not available. But, you know, it's I'm a, it's just a guest star. So I'm actually available. It just needs to make sure that it works out in my schedule. And I, I would love to do it. And so that's sort of how the conversation went. And and then it was just about figuring out the timing because I was filming at the same time. And then subsequently, when I came back this last season, another life had already been canceled. So it wasn't, uh, or we were on a hold. So, so technically my deal with Mando was being worked out while another life was still where they still held me and they hadn't decided yet if they wanted to pick it up, but they, they pretty much, I think at that point knew that they were going to cancel it. It was just a technicality. And so Netflix and Disney had to play nice and figure out my schedule and, and Netflix basically had to let me go. And they, they knew that they weren't going to pick the show up. It was just a, it was just one of those legal things where they had the right to hold me longer and therefore they wanted to, even though they, mm. they knew that they weren't going to do season three of another life. So it's just one of those weird lawyer things where they get on the phone and they're like, but we own her still. And they're like, yeah, but you're not going <laughs> to use her. You've, you know, it was one of those weird things. So, um, so yeah, it was it was it was all, you know, fun. Right. And they played nice. They played nice and they let me out, so it was good. So in this time leading up to it, did you sit down with Dave and kind of go over Bo-Katan's journey between like Clone Wars and Rebels and Mandalorian and the whole like loss of the dark saber and all that stuff? Like what was important for you to know versus not knowing? So my goal as an actor is to try and always know as much as I can know. Mm -hmm. um, if it if it has been thought out and exists in the creator's mind, I want to know it. And so Dave and I had lots of conversations about her backstory, things that we didn't even know about her from Clone Wars, you know, her life with her family, what her relationship was like with her father and Satine and her mother and all of these things. I wanted to know everything. I would say season two, I, I didn't know as much because – you know, my character at that point um, was just coming into, uh, you know, for the, the two episodes. yeah, for the two episodes. And, and I, I don't think that there, I don't think anybody knew how important Bo would be to the story moving forward. And so Dave and I had some conversations for sure, but the real, real in-depth conversations about family and, and the loss of the Darksaber and all of those things, 
really came into play before season three. Are we ever going to see that kind of stuff? Or is that just like, mm-hmm. we're, we're only going to hint at that stuff? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I personally would love to see that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for, for mm-hmm. both story or her, her past or anything. I would even love to see both story with me not in it. You know, Bo mm-hmm. is a, Bo as a kid would be interesting as well. So I don't know. It's just a, it's a question of, you know, what's interesting to the powers that be moving forward and what makes sense to the to story as a whole, you know? Sure. I, I guess the other, a lot of characters that are right yeah. for kicking at this point. Yeah, right? exactly. How would you then describe your relationship with Dave Filoni after he blatantly lied to you about Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker appearing in season two? Has Has things improved at this point or have things improved at this point? I was going to make a joke about Dave and saying that we haven't spoken since. Um, but no, <laughs> it's uh, season three. <laughs> I know. You know, I think that I actually, I appreciated it. You know, I mean, I joke, but I absolutely appreciated it in the sense that like one of the things that Disney has done so beautifully uh, with this show specifically is, is they've really safeguarded those, the spoilers and, and those things that are really important to each season. And, you know, season one, it was Grogu and season two, it was, it was um, Luke. And I think what it becomes event television again, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that I miss about TV from my childhood is, you know, you used to race home on, on Thursday nights or whatever night it was, because you knew that you had one chance to hit record (laughs) and record your favorite show. If you wanted to watch it again or, or, you know, watch your favorite show. And, and, and then you talked about it the next day at school. And, and that is something that Disney has really, really figured out with this show is that they've managed to surprise people. And I love that. I absolutely love that because it's, it's, um, it's just so special. It's so special to watch something and to not know it's coming, you know? Yeah. So, it, so I appreciated being lied to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there are advantages to it. You don't get to spoil yeah. anything in, in interviews. And speaking of those spoilers, what a relief to be talking to you after season three has aired, because I would just be sitting there in the junket just going, why can't I talk about everything that I want to talk about right now? And I know. season I know. three especially is like Bo-Katan's season. This is like yeah. the book of Bo-Katan almost halfway through the, <laughs> the, the, the series. You're just like, oh, my God, this is Bo-Katan's show now. And it's really interesting. And like she gets to reclaim Mandalore. She gets the dark saber for a little bit there. Um, was that always the plan for this season or did things kind of shift? Because, you know, obviously Pedro had Last of Us pop up and they, he tried to make both work, that kind of thing. Do you know if that was always the plan to to make this bow season this is always the the story was always the plan moving forward the way that it was john has a very clear idea of what he's doing with this show and scripts are written far 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 in advance so it was never a shift if you will i always mm-hmm. knew um that this was this was coming and so i hadn't it had very little to do if anything with uh conflicting schedules nice okay so speaking of the journey, then there's so much like import put on reclaiming the dark saber, reestablishing Mandalore. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to read after you get the dark saber that it gets destroyed? <laughs> Definitely shook it me. Was, I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was so. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> um, you know, because it, it's one of those things where it's like, of course, mm-hmm. of course, of course, the thing that we've all fixated on 
for so long gets destroyed. And I think that it was a beautiful metaphor for the the Mandalorian people as a whole. Mm-hmm. They had fixated on this trinket, for lack of a better word, and it had destroyed their people. And they had lost sight of what it meant to be a, a true leader, which was to to lead for the betterment of your people as a whole. And I think that that to destroy that and have the rightful people leading Mandalore is the right way to do it. They had to start over again. Yeah. You don't need the thing. You need each other, I guess. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But the as far as like the Pedro of it all, like obviously he couldn't be there under the helmet most of the, uh, the season three. No one has really said like, are you on set every day? Are you trying to be under the helmet as much as possible? I was, I was at work 99% of the time yeah. um, at work. It's very, very, it's a very, very different thing. You know, for me, it's, it's, um, Bo is in and out of that helmet so much True. that it's vitally important for me to be there every day and to really establish the, the movements and the things like that is really, really important. And so it was never a question whether or not I would be there. That being said, I have, you know, the most, uh, amazing stunt performers yeah, ever of course. um most importantly this season joanna bennett who is there every like most every day as well you know these women help me safeguard this character and 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 if i'm not in the scene i'm in another scene like that's the crazy thing about this show is that there's multiple units going at the same time so it would be physically impossible for one person to play this character it'd be physically impossible for one person to play mando it's just one yeah. person can't be in two places at the same time it just doesn't work that way so it takes a team to create these characters and and that's you know and and that's what we have figured out as a as a crew and as a team works the best and because of the nature of uh, this kind of prestige TV that it is, you get to work with a lot of directors that are really heavy hitters in their own right. Do you have mm. any favorite directors that you've worked with on this show at this point outside of like Filoni and <laughs> uh, They're all my favorites. Of they're course they favorites. are. They're all my favorites. <laughs> you know, I love working with Bryce. I loved working with Rick this season. You know, I mean, they really are. It's, it's um, you know, I am used to working with the different directors every episode because mm-hmm. I, this is, you know, I came up in, in TV where you work with a different director all the time. And so I, I love every director for different reasons, but I have never worked with the director that I absolutely was like, this is awful in anything I've done because it's, you know, it's, they all bring something different and they all imprint a little piece of them onto your character. And, and, um, then you move on, you know, I'm still waiting for Bryce to get her own star Wars, either show or movie or something. I think <laughs> she, she needs it. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean, yeah. if, if there, if there ever was a book of Bo-Katan, she, <laughs> she would be amazing at helming that, uh, that story. Hell yes. Important question, though. Outside of The Mandalorian, do you have like a favorite Star Wars film or show currently that you're really, that's the top of the list? Well, I'm excited to watch The Acolyte and Ahsoka. I'm super excited about Ahsoka. Yeah. Do you Um, not get to show up in Ahsoka? I assumed you would. No, no, I'm not in Ahsoka. Um, But then again, you'd never know anyway. We have (laughs) such heavy NDAs that, that, uh, you know... um, yeah, no, I I absolutely I loved um Andor. I thought it was really good. Oh, we did a whole podcast dedicated to Andor and 
talk to most people involved with it. Tony Gilroy, Diego Luna, all of them, Andy Serkis. Mm -hmm. Wonderful show. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it was um, fantastic. So so when, I guess you can't really say when we get to say Bo see Bo-Katan next, but okay, mm -hmm. we've seen her reclaim Mandalore. She's kind of completed her long quest. She's at the point where she wanted to be all this time. Yeah. What do you want for her journey moving forward, just personally? Well, I, I mean, I want her to continue to actually lead the right way. That would mm. be nice. You know, she's got she's got a really heavy task in front of her. You got to rebuild all of Mandalore. You've got to got to bring your people together again and continue to have them play nice with each other and reestablish the 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 order of things within the the government and the 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 sort of the people of Mandalore. There's a huge task. It's a huge task and it's not going to happen quickly. So that is, I think, where she's going to be for the foreseeable future. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it could be could be an interesting political situation down there. Um, yeah, you never know. Have you gotten to at least speak with Filoni at all about his like Mandoverse event movie that he's got coming? Do you <laughs> are you even able to say like I can react to a conversation and that kind of thing? <laughs> I'm just I'll just keep <laughs> everything everything to myself about things that haven't happened yet. Okay, all right. I'm taking that as a, I know everything and. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> so now that you go to cons, because you, you've gone to, to cons for a long time now, do you still mm. get more Starbucks fans or are you, are you like, a, would it be the Boca stands? I don't know. Who, who would it yeah, be? right. Um, I, I think that it's finally, I think it's finally like tipped into like a 60-40 <laughs> Battlestar Star Wars thing. Nice. So yeah, it, it took many many years for that to happen, and and Longmire is in there too. So you know, it, it depends on, it depends on who comes up. A lot of times it'll you know, it'll be uh, uh, you know some kids with their dad, and then the dad's like, love Longmire, love Longmire. <laughs> I'd be the weird one being like, I love the Flash. I'm a so you know what? A lot of people <laughs> love the character in the Flash. I was really disappointed that I didn't get to back get to go back and actually reprise that role. But um, obviously, someone over there didn't like me very much because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I I I you know did everything short of get down on bended knee. So they uh, they did not want my character back again. So I tried. Bummer. I'm sure everyone in that was involved in the show was was trying to come back as well. Um, oh, I'm sure there's just there's so many seasons and so many characters to wrap up that that uh, that I think that you've got to be really discerning in, in what the story is going to be moving forward for sure. Absolutely. I think we're coming up on 20. Is it 20 years for Battlestar Galactica since it's it is. Holy yeah, shit. 20 years. I know. How does it feel to look back at, you know, 20 years later? Is that kind of a trippy experience? It's so weird to me that life goes so quickly mm. that we're sitting here having a conversation about a show that I did when I was 21 and that I've been in the business for more than 25 years now. And that there are people in the world that think I'm old, but I still, <laughs> but I have a one-year-old and I still yeah. feel like I'm, you know, 25. Yep. It's so weird how, how fast it goes. And it's just one of those, you know, you, you, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to to think that it's been that long and that, you know, that I still talk to so many of those people every day. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
yeah, and a wonderful show to this day. I actually got, I hopped on it really late, like 2013 or 2012, I think I oh, yeah, picked it up. After we were already done. Yeah, you guys were done. Yeah. I it was one of those shows where I I knew I would fall for it hard and I was but you swearing. avoided it. I was trying to to like not be a nerd for a little while, not embrace who I was in my twenties. Yeah. Like, like you do, you're too cool for things. And then I finally got over that. And one of the first things I watched was Battlestar, like front to back in like two weeks. And Amazing. It was a wonderful experience. So thank yeah, you I for that. that. My husband hasn't hasn't watched it. Oh my it. god. Yeah. So and, and I've never seen it in its finished form. So I need to watch it as well. Um it'd be very interesting. I was just looking through your YouTube videos. That would be a great thing to to throw on the YouTube channel. It's been a couple of years. And as <laughs> a diehard Halloween fan, watching yeah. you react to resurrection was like an absolute joy for me. Like <laughs> I know I know you're not a huge Halloween person. And horror movies are are not really your thing, but no, they freak me out. Yeah, just watching you yeah. react, I I urge everyone to go check that out because you are not like uh, light on the movie. You're like completely like picking it apart and like picking apart your own performance. It's hilarious and wonderful. But oh, I will wonderful. ask just because I love Halloween so much. What yeah. was that experience like for you? And had oh, you not God. seen a Halloween movie at all before that? No, I hadn't. Oh, I don't like, I mean it when I tell you I don't like scary movies at all. <laughs> um, my husband loves them. He like writes them and I yeah. freaking hate them. Um, <laughs> I was 19 years old, 20. I think I was 20 when I did that movie. I remember how little I was being paid. <laughs> and I remember that I would go out like every night with the cast, like it was like, we spent a lot of money on alcohol when we were in Canada because drinking age is so much younger. And we just went out and like, I had good dinners and stuff. I did what every kid does, right? Like I went out and I spent way too much money on things thinking like, you it was know, summer camp, it was going to last forever. That like, it was a lot of money, not realizing that actors only take home like a fifth of their paycheck after we pay our entire team in the government. Um, and so um, I called my manager and I literally said to him at the time, I said, I am losing money on this picture. And he started cracking up and crying. He's like, that is a quote that's going to go on the wall as a Katie <laughs> quote. Because I, you know, every once in a while, there's some doozies that come out of my mouth. And um, I just remember I spent everything and we had so much fun. And I'm still really good friends with Bianca Kylik. Nice. Um, you know, yeah, it's uh, it was it was fun. But no, I'd never seen a Halloween movie. Nice. Yeah. Outside of Resurrection now. So you've seen Resurrection, but none of the others, right? I've seen the original. I watched okay. the original, I think, like when, you know, right before I got the part. And I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> and I think I watched H2O because I was like in love with Josh Hartnett, which is the irony Who because wasn't? I did a film with him. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Like it's not out yet? It, it's not out yet. No, it's called Fight or Flight. It's super, super freaking awesome. And I can't wait for people to see it. What's it about? Um, uh, a lot of fighting, a lot of lighting. <laughs> uh, sold. Great movie, though. Yeah, sold. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. A lot of just su super stupid stunts. I loved it. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's What's funny to me is that like right after I finished Halloween, I went and did a show with Richard Dreyfuss in New York that lasted a year. So I think I was 19. I was. Or 20. And then we shot that show. And then that show got canceled 
And like six months later, I booked Battlestar. Man. So I, I got the script for Battlestar when I was 21 and I booked the role when I was 22 and we finished the miniseries uh, when I turned 23. It's crazy how Man. it was a, it was a, it was a busy, like, you know, three years. <laughs> <laughs> You've also, uh, I think I saw a quote on this when I was doing my homework. You've been very vocal about getting to make the jump from animated character again with Poison Ivy. Have you gotten to at least float this idea to like James Gunn or anyone? What draws you? No, to, I to haven't. Poison Ivy? I haven't. And like, listen, I saw Karen Gillan wants to play her too. And like, she's Ooh. got a closer in than I do. So I feel like that's like a given. Um, I <laughs> Take feel her like down. I, have, I feel like I have no fight. And I've got no horse in that race if Karen wants to play that character. Um, <laughs> but I, a God lover, you know, I can't be mad at her. She's fantastic. And I, I love her dearly. So um i still would love to for sure i think that maybe i can play poison ivy's mom <laughs> i can just play karen's mom again that's um, right you did play her mom oh my god i did i did yeah so we could just do it again and we could both play poison ivy like different versions maybe you never that's know that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah okay before we go is it fight or flight that's next or what do we get to see you in next fight or flight would be next absolutely and um and then some other stuff coming out uh, keep an eye on that YouTube channel because we've got some really, really fantastic announcements coming. There was some really good pandemic content that you were churning out there for a bit. I was I was all in. Um, yeah, well, there's going to there's going to there's potentially going to be some new stuff. So, like I said, just keep keep an eye out for that stuff. Awesome. OK, Katie. Well, I have truly enjoyed this. For those listening, go watch Mandalorian season three. It's all available on Disney Plus. Katie's absolutely killing it throughout. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, and the making, I believe the making of season three is coming out as well in Ooh. June. So, so the making of season three Mandalorian comes out in June. So, so get ready for that also, because that's going to be awesome. Awesome. I'm going to stream it first day. Can't wait. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks so much, Katie. I All right. Have it. a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.